everyone, and welcome to the Screen Queens Podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is that anonymous comment that you still think about five years later because it was so accurate that it haunts you. Mars! I am your shame. <laughs> oh, Mars! <laughs> it's so good to hear from you. How Hi. are you doing? I'm doing good. Long work week, but today is my official two-week mark after my second shot. I get Woo! to re-enter the world. Yes! I am released into the wild once more. Oh my gosh, you gotta drink a half-man for me. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I will do it for you. Thank you. Definitely for you. I mean, you're nothing. I mean, is she not generous? I, I, you know, I value my friends. <laughs> and that's how I show it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to have one with you together. Oh, yeah. We, I am also post-vaccine, so we are safe. I we think can of, hug. I think officially our, our core friend group is all We're good officially to go. two weeks past second shot. I think I was one of the last ones. Yeah, I think so. you were the last one. I think I might have been the last by a couple days. So yeah, you yeah. and me and me and Beerly have been good to go for a hot minute. So yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, today we are going to be doing something that is the antithesis of the behavior of friends who care about each other. <laughs> yep. We're going to be reviewing the movie Spree, which is a movie that made me concerned that uh I might be a little hot for sociopaths. Ooh, <laughs> Welcome. Good. I know. I was like is this what it's like to be Mars? <laughs> Why am I into this? It's very upsetting. Uh, welcome to the dark side, my friend. Uh, well, listen, if the dark side has those puppy dog eyes, then count me in. <laughs> count me in. So how have you been? What have you been up to? What is going on? I've been good. Not a whole lot. A lot of the normal, but as a, you know, like I said, Two weeks past my first shot, so that's about to change. About to see people, go places. It's going to be amazing. Oh my god, I can't wait. Travel. I cannot wait to feel here when you're unleashed. I cannot wait to hear what your adventures. Yeah, and it's going to be. I mean, you and I have already talked about the mm -hmm. brainstorming stages of several trips that you want to go oh, on, and I. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, we're going. We're going. Yeah. To, you and I are going to be in multiple states together this year. Plus, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least three <laughs> and you know it means that hurley and i can be in a car together again because we both wear glasses so you can't drive and wear glasses and wear a mask because it clogs oh, glasses no mm -hmm. so we can finally be in a car together again which means that we might also i mean i anticipate us trying to go places just to go places you know right? but it's oh it's gonna be nice to actually hang out with her in yeah. person yeah. Do things. Go yeah. places. Restaurants, yes. Rachel. Restaurants. Oh my god, restaurants. Restaurants with full bars. <sighs> I'm gonna have so many alcohols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that will be me at the next Yes, I was like another alcohol? I would like one unit of alcohol chased with another unit of alcohol. Thank you. <laughs> also, you're very handsome, and I like both of the faces. And They're then go nice together. So go with the, both the alcohols, just nachos. No, then put the nachos on the, this. Put the nachos yeah. in the glass, and I drink with the, with the drink. <laughs> Alright, so I have a little warm-up question for you. Okay. This movie is all about a gentleman who uh, is a rideshare person and uh goes on a bit of a killing 
spree. Have you ever had a weird or creepy rideshare experience? No, because I've I have so rarely taken an Uber or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I've only ever taken one alone once. And every other time that I've come close to taking one alone, someone has I honestly the last time I was gonna take an Uber alone, it was to my company holiday party a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where it was in downtown Portland, which is a little bit of a distance for me. And the options that the CEO of my company gave was he would either pay for a hotel room so you didn't drive home that night or he'd pay for your Uber. And I was like, well, I don't want to I don't want to stay in a hotel. I'll just I'll do the the Uber thing. So I was going to Uber from my house to downtown and then Uber back. And my supervisor was like, nope, we'll pick you up. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And she was like, well, you kind of just started and we don't want you to get kidnapped by an Uber driver. And I was like, oh, also, that didn't even occur to me. But I appreciate that. Good looking out. It it didn't even occur to me that I fit into virtually every trunk of every car on the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a I'm, good thought. Yeah, I'm I mean, feisty. it's a bad thought, but it's probably good to be aware. Yeah. That's good situational awareness. And I wasn't. And she was like, especially if you're drinking and then taking an Uber home by yourself. And I was yeah. like, oh, yes, that is a solid point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've never had a creepy Uber that I can think of, but I did once. It was early in the morning. We were taking a flight to L.A., And I got in and the guy was blasting his Christian music, which is not for me, but, you know, do you boo, except for that it was this extremely graphic crucifixion song. What? (laughs) Yeah. It was like the Passion of the Christ in folk song form. That's so bizarre. It was, yeah, it was extremely graphic about the flaying and the pounding of the nails and all of the stuff. It was really gruesome. Which is so weird because when I hear the words Christian music, I think of a soft rock band that sings about his love and his light and things. Not a play-by-play of the horror movie that was the crucifixion. (laughs) Now, mind you, we were trying to catch a 7 a.m. flight, so it was 5 in the morning. And this dude was bumping his crucifixion. Oh, my God. Yeah, his crucifixion song. That is... Yeah, and I'm just wow. like, you know other people are in the car, right? A ride share. That means shared space. Does that mean when you don't have people in the car, you shouldn't be able to listen to whatever you want to? Absolutely not, but it's very aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I almost wonder if that was the point, if he was trying to, He was you know... like, look at these sinners. <laughs> Waking up early in the morning, looking all tired. I bet they haven't slept at all. <laughs> This I is picked a, up a ride man, of shame. A man and a woman from the same spot. <laughs> I know. We don't have wedding happening. rings on and we're living in sin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, my partner and I just kept looking at each other as it was getting more and more graphic. Like, <laughs> and then I was just fascinated because I was just like, what is this? Because I've heard Christian side hug. I've heard lots of hymns from when I was in the church. I, so I kind of felt like I had some grasp on what christian music sounds like and like you said it's usually kind of soft rock or you know like you have an idea yeah. right or folk or whatever but i was not i was not ready for the details yeah but, wow although i remember every easter i would dread it because they would make us watch really graphic crucifixion movies oh god 
So I don't know. Maybe I, it's just a trigger. I don't know. So yeah, that was for the most part. I've had pretty okay rideshare things. Sometimes been in ones where it was a little stinky, which I did not love. <laughs> <laughs> but never anything scary that I can think yeah. of, or I've blocked it out. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, clearly I have not been in, uh, what's his name? Curtis? No. Kurt. Oh, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt's yeah. ride. So let's talk about that. Before we get into that, though, we're going to take a quick break, listen to this ad from our buddies over at Here's Johnny, and then we'll be back to talk about Spree. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. But what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their path. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks, I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right, we're back. Now, we're going to be talking about Spree, but before we do that, Mars, can you do me a solid and let our listeners know our spoiler policy is here on Stream Queens? We are about to spoil just the whole thing. Oh, we, The only things that we ever leave out are the things that we forgot about, so it's that not by choice. <laughs> not by choice if we it sometimes manage to spoil the whole thing, and that's the goal. So if you want to watch Spree unspoiled, then I would go do that first and then come back. In my opinion, I think it'd be worth it. And it does have twists and turns. It's mm -hmm. not super straightforward. Yeah. So this is a spoilable movie. Yeah, for so, sure. Choose wisely. It's all on you from here on out. <laughs> we <laughs> right. warned you. Do not be mad when we, tw we tell you the end of this movie, which is, again, pretty twisty. All right. Spree. Let me tell you a little bit about this movie. Now, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but I'm going to give it a try anyway. It was directed by Eugene Kotlarenko. That sounds about right to me. Right? I feel like I, I'm yeah. in the ballpark, right? Yeah. I apologize if it's wrong. Okay, so this movie was directed by him and, and co-written by him as well. And it started with the idea just of a spree killer. And then it became one where he preys specifically on rideshare customers, but they didn't quite have the psychology figured out or a real story around the concept until he spent some time thinking about it. And he realized that there was kind of a through line between all of the spree killers. And that comes down to, regardless of what their political ideology is or their, you know, whatever their ideology is, they all were attention seeking. And so from there, it wasn't much of a leap to want to be influencer or really influencers of any yep. degree of success. <laughs> so to prepare for the movie, he watched a ton of footage of people who were streaming a lot, but had really low viewer counts. Ooh. Yeah. But in particular, he focused on those streamers with low viewer counts that were doing videos like building your brand or increasing your viewership. <laughs> that is 
I, I mean, I know we'll get into it, but probably one of my favorite aspects of this movie is he kept trying to give the lessons, and you're like, clearly, <laughs> oh, clearly geez. you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for obvious reasons, that was kind of the inspiration for this. He also watched a lot of social media cringe videos, those compilations of ooh, social media fails. Ugh. Yeah. So this movie was shot in LA in February 2019, along with a bunch of additional sort of supplementary social media posts with Joe Query, where they did unboxing videos or bait reviews and just all of those little viral videos that show up throughout this movie. And they even temporarily shut down a stretch of highway for the chase scene that we'll get into. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was done with over 20 stunt people. Oh my gosh. I know. I was like, this is crazy. And when I was watching it, we'll get there. We were like, how do they do this? And they did it. <laughs> they just they just did it. That's they how. did it. Yeah. The movie premiered at Sundance in 2020 and it's now available on video on demand and on Hulu, which is where we watched it. All right. So let's get into this bad boy. Tell me the synopsis of Spree. So Spree is the story of a young man named Kurt Kunkel who just he just so desperately wants to be a huge social media influencer streamer you know with a huge following and that's that's his goal that's his obsession there's a uh title card at some point that says he's been doing it for like 10 years or something because he started as a kid and just kept doing it and he was like we're saying he liked to do those videos you know that were like here's tips and tricks to making it but he wasn't making it so it was that kind of very desperate no i know what i'm talking about i swear kind of energy from him and he's just so desperate so desperate and on top of that he tells a story about how he used to babysit and one of the kids he babysat is now this huge internet celebrity i mean this kid's younger than him and then we find out at some point that he lives in a home by himself and this kid looks far too young to be a homeowner or even a, a home renter but he's just so successful that that's his life. In the very beginning, we kind of see little bits and pieces of videos that Kurt has done and his, in his desperate attempt to be a, a huge influencer. And we get a video where he's kind of, he's standing by a highway and he's kind of telling the camera about how, you know, he hasn't been shooting often because, you know, his life is going so good, but he's just so depressed. Yeah. And so you can kind of see that there was a point where he kind of started to give up. Uh-huh. Until until the light bulb goes on, where he decides he's going to become a rideshare driver for a rideshare app called Spree. I love this reveal because we watch all that. We spend all this time watching him hook up cameras in his car and get mm-hmm. all ready. And he's giving all these speeches about, you know, all these tips and tricks on how to be a great live streamer and how he's going to do this because, you know, it's like a slice of life and he gets to meet all these people. And so it has this feel of it's another desperate attempt to right you know by finding something that's uh gonna draw in viewership yeah i love how all this is presented to you it's very kind of high energy and it made me and stylized and it made me think of 80s teen movies a little bit i was thinking about ferris bueller's day off 
mm-hmm. because it's all even though it's to the the you know his followers right essentially what he's doing throughout this whole movie is breaking the fourth wall it's sort of the modern equivalent of that so there's a lot of him speaking directly to you as you're watching especially early on when he's sort of hatching his plan and we're getting the whiteboard drawings so it was a total throwback for me of, of something like the incorrigible young man prankster type of guy and then it takes this really sinister turn so i thought it was a, a very cool way to sort of introduce this plot plus the whole thing is soundtracked with synth music so oh, the- terrible synth music. <laughs> yep. i mean all the kurtz world stuff it plays like i said like an 80s sort of teen movie but it also kind of speaks to this narcissism and it's so produced yeah you can tell he put a ton of effort into this what's funny is it's he's kind of not bad at social media no I that's mean, the one problem he's super cute and he's put a ton of production value into these things and he's such a charismatic actor i'm like find it hard to believe he could find followers i know well and i think i think what we're supposed to get is he's got the ambition and the personality he doesn't know how to do content Mm. you know when they were showing little bits of his videos and he's the one where he's trying to review the shoes and he's like right off the bat the thing that i like about these is how they are yeah he doesn't know how to do content that is interesting but he's got all the other he's got all the other pieces of the puzzle he's just missing that big one of what do I put on the internet? You right. know? He's got all the ambition in the world. But... Yeah. Or like when he's doing the vape review and he's like, oh, yeah, I really like the mouth feel. It's like, you, <laughs> <laughs> you like the mouth feel of, of vapor? It's <laughs> a really weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't I well, I rewatched that part with the shoes so many times. He's just like right off the bat, the thing I like is how they are. Oh yeah, I mean that's what there's something tonally that they're doing here that it really kind of makes you come on board with him. You invest in him. He feels charismatic and charming and awkward, but in a way that is not so cringy that it's uncomfortable. You're genuinely laughing at it. So when the movie progresses and his character is revealed to be darker and darker and more more and more troubled, it really does kind of take you in an arc. You don't start off thinking he's an awkward weirdo. You're bought into him a little bit. Yeah, at, at the beginning, before it reveals what his actual rideshare plan is, I wanted him to succeed because he just, he wanted it so bad. So you know? bad, yes. And you actually are rooting for him in the beginning where you know going in that obviously where this goes because it's in the descrip- description or whatever. Yeah. But there's a part of you that's like, oh man, I wish it had worked out for him so that he didn't have to resort to what he resorts to. Right. Except for you find out that that same energy goes into this plan he has. Right. It's not like it occurred to him, you know, whatever. He's really put a lot of thought into what this yes. is process is going to be also when we get to it his first victim is set up in a way where you're like get him yeah right yeah and you're like is this a dexter situation is he just picking off bad people but yeah sorry i'm getting ahead of us so yeah so we see kurt starting to set up his car for this ride share thing that he's going to start doing he's got all these cameras everywhere there's a scene that is only important because of later, but he's setting up these cameras in his car. His We see his mom walking in the house in the background, and he's like, oh, hey, wait, mom, runs into the house after her. We get kind of all, every angle inside the car kind of cuts to all these different angles to show us all the angles of the cameras inside of his car that he just set up. 
And then he comes back with like a crystal necklacey thing. And he's like, oh, all right. So, you know, and he's again, he's constantly talking about the lesson. It's this video series he's doing, the lesson. And he's always mm-hmm. like, step one of the lesson, you know. And I mean, if he's been doing this for as many years as, the, you know, the title card's in something like 10 years or something, you know, but he rattles off his whole, be sure to drop a like in the descriptions in the box. And, you know, the thing that you hear every you know, live streamer or video or, you know, vlogger or whatever YouTuber use, but he's almost like he's saying it without realizing he's saying, you know, cause it just yeah. comes out that little, that chunk of tagline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Kurt starts, he takes us on our first ride share with, with him and he's picking up, I don't remember what the guy's name is, but he's picking up his first passenger of the day and he's saying something. He's like, yeah, guys, the average you know, spree driver gets six in a night. So, you know, if, if you're going to do this, you got to hit at least that. We're going to try to go more. We're getting to see Kurt's phone screen, which is showing people who are commenting and donating and things. And it's pretty much just Bobby, that kid right. that he used to babysit, who's now this huge internet celebrity. And all Bobby is doing is just giving him shit and telling him that he's bad at this and nobody's watching and all this. And the way Kurt responds is not necessarily that he doesn't see the criticism, but he's got this mentality of, no, 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 but he's my best friend. Right. We're such good friends. Like, ah, he's just giving me shit. But it's very clear that Bobby does not like him, you know? Right. But he's also probably the one person Kurt knows on a much very personal level who's got all the success. So he yeah. can't lose, you know, that friend. Even in the beginning, we get the clip of... Kurt putting his live stream down in front of Bobby to it, so he's in the background wearing the same shirt as Bobby and being like, "Hey, what's up, Bobby Basecamp? You're on my Kurt with my live stream and all this." And Bobby's just like, "Dude, stop double dipping my live stream." Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get the sense that Kurt has a lot of friends, right? Yeah. I mean, he seems like a very lonely, awkward dude, and you know, he knew this kid when this kid was a little. I, I kind of feel like almost that relationship. It's just because he always stuck around from when he was a kid, you know? He's outgrown him, but he's like, I've known him forever kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we pick up Kurt's first passenger who is on his way to give a speech at some sort of gathering, right? Through conversation, we find out very awkwardly that this dude is just a misogynistic white supremacist. Oh. But it, the way they present it is almost, it's just the the look on Kurt's face. It's he's looking hilarious. one direction for traffic. And the dude is just like, yeah, it's great that you're using social media. You know, we're really going to use it or we're really going to need it. You know, and he's like, oh, why? What do you mean? And he's like, just, you know, and he gets into those stuff and you can just see Kurt's face falling like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I love no. it when the guy is like, say it with me. I'm a proud. I'm proud to be a white man. And Kurt's just like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the casting here is so good because he really has excellent comedic timing. And they they really do use the multiple camera angles to the best effect. So that we're kind of, especially in these early things, we're getting almost Jim looking at the camera in the office type of stuff. Where it's mm-hmm. you and him in on the joke a lot that really, really works. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, so this dude plainly is, you know, an awful human. But just yeah. watching Joe Keery's face as it's dawning on him on who's in his car, and he's just kind of more and more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I just love that moment where he just pauses and he's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as the, the ride continues and Kurt kind of starts getting a little bit of a, this dude 
is just an absolute asshole kind of mentality and so he starts running stop signs to freak him out and the dude is just instead kind of entertained by it where he's just like wow you're wild man and then he drinks out of a bottle of water that kurt has kept in the back of his car yes which previously we saw a clip of the video where he has the water bottles we don't really know what it's about though because it's the the thing where we're seeing a montage of him saying welcome to kurt's world welcome to kurt's world welcome to kurt's world and one of them has him with some water bottles right right when he's putting the water bottles in the car and he's talking to the camera and he's like and it's important you know if you saw my video from last week then you already saw the lesson about the water bottles but this is how we start you know so you don't really think anything of it at this point we get more of that video where he's teaching people how to basically poison and make it look like they're not open water bottles so the dude starts instantly reacting to the poison just choking and and dies in the car and Kurt's just like, ah, oh, our first one, guys. He's like, <laughs> just totally fine. But he's just like, yeah, that's our first one, guy. You know, and Bobby's calling it fake news and all that. And uh-huh. and Kurt's just, he's so casual about what just happened. Right. He's just like, it's for, it's for the viewership, you know? Yep. And this movie is kind of a horror comedy satire. And this is, I think this first act is where the the satire works the best it kind of sheds some of this as we go forward but in these early scenes it it does really work and it's this deadpan kind of upbeat attitude that he has that really drives home the satire of it all yeah he's acting like he's doing an unboxing video but really he just killed a man on live on the internet yeah but he's still got that personality he's still got that entertainer kind of you know standard youtuber kind of like hey guys you know what's up guys you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. even though he just murdered a man right you know oh and i too love when the guy starts choking and he's like so how many people are gonna be at this thing and the guy's like oh like three thousand and he goes yeah you should call him and tell him you're not gonna make it You're right. The comedy does peter out and becomes much more a serious movie towards the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, this beginning scene or this beginning act is honestly so funny. There's a Genuinely lot of really funny. Yeah. But we laughed a lot watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, it were these kind of clever two camera jokes and just the absurdist attitude towards pretty, you know, he's murdering people, but right. he's just <laughs> doing it so cheerfully. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing it for the audience. He's doing it for the for the, the numbers. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, so great. So yeah. great. So Kurt's second rideshare of the day is this real realtor who and I love this, you know, he's talking about, well, let's see if she's got friends and it's just her and he's like, Ah, oh, a single. I love it. You know, it's one on one, little bit of slice of life, and then she releases the balloons and he just goes, Well, well that's actually littering, folks, but I think she's going to get away with it. (laughs) Love is very quiet, just doing the personality thing where he's like, yeah, it's a slice of life, getting to know someone one-on-one, talking to strangers. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. But this woman is, again, also framed to be awful, but not in, like, the same way as the first dude. She's just... Regular She's just a rude person. Yeah. She's just regular awful. You know, she's on the phone. She's talking shit about her clients. She's kind of rude to her boyfriend she's you know ignoring kurt even though he's saying hi to her and she's yeah like she's just she's just a rude person you know right right. kills her anyway (laughs) yep and then he and i love 
you know, she's dead, she's in the back seat, and he's talking to Cameron again, again, and he's like, all right, guys, so as you go, as you get further and further along, you know, you're not going to be able to hide it, but it's it's a good idea to kind of lead people off the track at the beginning, just so that right. you can do this for longer. And <laughs> yeah. he's explaining this, again, in that same as, like, people who have low viewerships, talking about how to get a high viewership, you yep, know, he's giving yep. tips for things that he doesn't, ha- that nobody's asking for, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> but... Uh-huh. He takes her phone and he is going to use her phone to leave a trail after the rideshare so that it doesn't get traced back to him or whatever. But I, and again, he looks in the camera and he's like, now a lot of the times this is a fingerprint, but sometimes it's a face scan. So he's trying to scan oh this dead God. woman's face and it's taking oh it goes, sometimes it, he looks up at the camera and he's like, sometimes it takes a couple of tries and <laughs> we got it. And so he sends a text to the woman or to the man, the woman had been talking to telling him that it's over and she's not getting on the plane and stuff. And he's like, and that's just going to buy us a little bit of time because it's not going to lead this back to us. You know, and he's still got that. I like to give myself, you know, I go in the middle with the tip, you know. Yeah, right. $2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, it's good. This third ride share of the day is kind of where things start to turn. He picks up just this actual douchebag named oh, Mario. The worst. It's just... Again, not as bad as the first dude. I'd say worse than the lady as far as awful personalities oh, go. Oh, 100%. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, you know, he's just complaining about traffic and he's just, he's it's he's talking about how he's on his way to just bang some chick, you know. Ugh. And Kurt does not like it. Does not like him talking like that. Doesn't like this dude. So he decides to pick up a second passenger because this is actually, I can't think of what it's called. The rideshare, the version where you can... You agree to let your rideshare driver stop over and pick up other people along the way or whatever. I can't think of what it was called. But anyway, so the dude's pissed because, you know, he was on his way to some some good pussy or whatever he called it, you know. And so he's super irritated that Kurt's going out of his way to pick up another ride or another, you know, passenger. And it, it turns out to be a woman named Jessie who will turn out to actually be our protagonist, which... I thought was interesting that we we're introduced to someone in a way that makes her seem like a side character, but mm-hmm. then through the rest of the movie increasingly becomes a main character and then eventually the hero of sorts. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was an interesting way to introduce her. Yeah. You know, it's not like we started with seeing Kurt's social media and Bobby's social media and also Jesse's because Jesse has a strong social media presence as well. The first time we meet her, you know, she almost doesn't get in the car. Because they pull up and Kurt is blasting his awful techno music and Mario's yelling at her out of the window. And I just love she's standing there and he's like, Jesse, I'm your ride chair. And she's just like, okay, no, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that actor. This is the show Zameda from I love SNL. Her too. She's gr- yeah. or she was great when she was on there. Yeah, I love her. Oh, she's so funny. And she, I just love her. She's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> like, nah, starts... I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mario's like, no, man, go get her. Go get her. And so they kind of start following her. And Kurt's like, no, really? I'll give you a ride. And she goes, it's okay. I already, I canceled it. I'm good. I'm, you know, and she's got that strong, like, there's no way I'm getting inside of that car. The rest of the world could be on fire and that car yeah. could be headed out of the fire and I would walk, you know? <laughs> yeah. But Kurt offers to give her the ride for free. And, you know, and he does like, you know, I do, money's not the reason why I do this, you know? And, um, yeah, and it's funny, he rolls down his window to yell at her and accidentally pops one of the cameras off. And he's just like, well, whoop, pop my camera off. Hey, you know, it's just all these little uh-huh. genuine looking moments and... So she does eventually get into the car, 
and immediately starts <laughs> trying to do the secret filming thing because she doesn't feel safe in this car. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Yeah, and Mario starts doing the, like, oh, you should smile thing or whatever, Ugh, which is just... Such a creep. The worst. And eventually, you know, Mario recognizes Jesse as this comedian that he's actually seen in a club and, you know, at one point, and so he's trying to give her just the douchebag compliments where he's yeah. like, yeah, you were really pro. And she goes, oh, was I? Was I pro at a professional comedy stand-up show? Was I a pro? Thank you. I'm so glad you thought so. You know? She's and great. She's so good. And then, and that's when Kurt perks up and immediately is, to, is like, oh, you're big on social media. You have how many You got a lot of follow. You should follow me. Follow for follow. Follow for follow. You know? And yes. he starts doing the thing. And I love her. She's like, well, you need to tone it down. Well, she's like, are you a person or a Twitter bot? <laughs> yeah. Are you a Twitter bot or is there a real life boy inside That's of you? That's what it was. <laughs> oh, God. Brutal. Oh, it's so funny. And so Kurt just becomes this desperate, like, oh, you should tag me. Kurt's World 97. And, you know, like all this stuff. And she's just so weirded out by the fact that he's just throwing yeah. out all of the standard end of a YouTube video tag things at her in a conversation. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, she's got a video of Mario being an actual douchebag and she posts it to her social media because she's just so creeped out by this dude, you know, and Mario's getting pissed. And so eventually Kurt stops the car and he tells Mario to get out, but it's Jesse who gets out of the car and she grabs a bottle of water on her way out and Kurt's just like, oh, no, you can't have that. And she's like, why? Because I didn't pay for the ride. And he's like, no, 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 really, you can't have that. And as she's leaving, Mario rolls down the window and he's just like, yeah, maybe if you weren't a bitch next time, I'd, you know, people would want to talk to you. So she squirts the water in his face, throws the bottle at the car and walks away. And to this point, Kurt, this whole time had just been talking to Mario and being like, why don't you just settle down and drink some water? You know, he's trying to get him to drink the water. And even when it's no longer a friendly thing, he's just like, dude, you need to be cool. Drink some water. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Jesse squirts it in his mouth, and he starts to get a little bit sick. Right. And so Kurt pulls over. He first of all takes him in a back road around some park or something and tells him, oh, it's a shortcut, you know, but it's clearly not. And then when Mario starts getting ill, Kurt pulls over, and he's like, don't puke in my car. And Mario gets out. Kurt runs him over a couple of times. Another and just... really great scene. His yeah. joy, like, oh, he's so... I... I mean, that goes to his comedic timing again. He's so funny in this. That when uh, you're yeah. watching these ridiculous things that he's doing, you find yourself on board with him. Which, when we get to the end of this movie, is a very uncomfortable place to be. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Plus, up until this point, he's really, I mean, again, the second two ride chairs weren't, you know, evil people. Right. Unlike the first guy. But they're still awful. You still don't like them, you know? Right. So he kills Mario and then goes to a gas station where he put, is parked next to the worst cop in oh the state of California. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kurt has blood on the outside of his car. He's talking into his live stream about killing people. And the cop is six feet away washing his damn windshield. And it's just like, Oop, doo -doo, doo -doo -doo. but uh, Kurt's talking to Bobby who thinks all the killings are fake and he's giving him shit for having two people watching and all that. And Kurt is, you know, he's starting, you can tell that Bobby is starting to actually get to him uh -huh. because, you know, he's starting to actually get upset and he's no longer just like, ah, oh, come on, Bobby. You know, he's actually starting to get very upset with the right. things Bobby is saying to him. And I think it's because 
has that persona of fake it till you make it. Yeah. So you know he knows he's only got three, four people watching. Yeah. But he's not choosing to act like that because he's like, no, 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 it'll get better. It'll get higher. You know, people just, they knew I'm just filling up, you know, my tank with gas. So they're taking a break, but they'll be back. You know, it's fine. And then you can see him starting to crack and you can see Bobby really starting to get to him. And meanwhile, the whole time, just, I could not believe it. Yeah. The world's worst cop the, right next I to him. I know. I know. I, he's cleaning his his windshield next to him and it's blood running down. <laughs> blood is pooling on the ground underneath his car, you know, and the cop's just doing his own thing. And I'm yep. like, Jesus Christ. Yep. I mean, the cops, this is not a great one for the cops. <laughs> no, no, not really. Not across the board. So Bobby starts giving Kurt a lecture where he's like, no, you know, Jesse has all of these, you know, she's a comedian. She's hilarious. She has this huge following. And he does the thing where he's like, maybe you should be watching her stuff to learn how to do it because you suck at this. So Kurt picks up three people. It's two girls and a guy and they're out trying to have a night on the town. Yes. And all this. And this is also when Kurt shows off that he put in fancy lighting inside of his car that changes color and all this stuff. And uh -huh, he's, still, uh -huh. he's still showing it off like he's got a bunch of people who support him in this live stream. And he's just like, check it out, guys. I wouldn't do the lesson in the dark. You know, stuff yeah. like that. He picks up these three partiers who one of them is just not having it and the other two are just way too obsessed with themselves. Yes. And so the more normal girl crawls into the front seat to talk to Kurt and she Did seems you like Jenny. watch the OC. Is that Misha Barton? It is. So okay. those three people are a reality star and social media influencer and a former A-list star. So it's Misha Barton, Ariana Grande's brother Frankie Grande, oh. and Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they were cast specifically. Those were people that they wanted to kind of get in like a slice of life in LA. That's why they cast those people. They were specifically looking for social media influencers and stuff. Even the kid that plays Bobby Basecamp, he was famous for doing vines. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So Kurt picks up these three people. The woman played by Misha Barton, who I, the whole time I was like, wow, that looks like Misha Barton. Huh. It is. She looks and good, though. It is. Yeah, she really does. Because for a while there, it was, it was touch and go for Misha. Yeah. She, yeah. she looks a lot healthier. It was actually kind of nice to see her looking okay. Yeah, she looked, yeah, she looks a lot healthier. Yeah. But she's sitting in the front seat with Kurt, and she's actually talking to him, and she's interested in the crystal thing, you know, and he's like, oh, my mom gave it to me, and she goes, oh, that's so cool, you know. Meanwhile, the other two in the back seat just doing cocaine and fucking around. <laughs> yeah. The guy at some point reaches into the back and finds a power drill, and he's just like, oh, what's this, mister? Fix it. You know, he's teasing, and Kurt's just like, no, 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 no. And he takes the <laughs> drill gun from him, and they're just kind of, like, teasing him for being, you know that way and they're bored and they want to do something crazy and so kurt's just like actually i have a place i could take you it's pretty crazy you know so he takes them out to this junkyard and he opens mm -hmm. the sunroof thing in his car and he's like why don't you guys uh you know stand up there get some cool videos for your followers because i you know lots of people they'll love it they'll love it and so the two people in the back seat stand up and they're standing up through the sunroof and doing their Instagram story type videos. Right. And so much of this was, was also really funny where the guy's like, oh, I just got deja vu. And the girl's like, oh, do you know what that means? It means you're exactly where you're supposed to oh. be. And he's and like, like, I murder them, am. Murder them, murder them, murder them. <laughs> and he's like, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And they're just doing that. It's It was so funny. And meanwhile, <laughs> you know... 
the second girl is in the front seat just kind of talking to Kurt, and he's telling her a story about how his grandfather used to own this land or something, so he grew up here, and somehow they seem honestly really impressed with a junkyard. Yeah. You know, I get that it's unique, but they are in awe. I mean, you know? <laughs> that's cocaine for you, right? <laughs> I guess so. Gosh, she's like, I know there's a dead body out here. And he's like, it smells like there's several dead bodies. And you're like, there you know. probably are. <laughs> yeah, probably. So they're standing up through the, the sunroof, doing their live stream videos or whatever, their Instagram story things. Kurt suggested the other woman that she open her window and stick her head out with her phone to get that video for her for her friends and followers and all this and she does and immediately shows him like oh my god look how many likes it's getting and all this and it's one of those things where it's kurt's live streaming murdering people right. and he's got three people who care yeah. and these people just took a weird nighttime outside of a window car photo and immediately she's like oh my god look how many likes it's getting and it kind of just rubs it yeah in kurt's face that they barely did anything and they instantly have so many mm-hmm. likes and so many people are watching these videos and so many people are reacting to them and he can barely get anybody watching murder people. He nearly decapitates the two standing up out of the car because there's a low-hanging pole, but they manage to duck it. And he crashes through a gate and stops the car and everybody's just kind of like, what are you doing? And he kind of closed the sunroof to trap the two people in the, in the, sun, in the roof of the car. Right. And that's when they get eaten by dogs. I know. I totally thought they were going to get decapitated. So the dog thing was a twist. Yeah. Came out of left field, that one. And then <laughs> Misha Barton's character is like, oh my God, roll up the window. And he rolls up the window and then puts the, the drill gun through her temple. Yeah. Lots yeah. of really kind of fun, unexpected gore in this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, okay, so this is when he's going through the car wash and he's talking to Bobby on the phone. And this is when Bobby's like, no, Jessie's way better than this at you. She's got all these followers. She's hilarious. She knows how to do content. You should watch her stuff and see how she does it because she knows what she's doing and you suck. So, I know. I know. He's such a little asshole. I know. I mean, he's ultimately not wrong, but you can't help but feel sympathetic because he's so mean. I know, and Kurt just wants this so bad, and in another universe, it, maybe he, you know, someone with so much success would help someone that they've known for that long, who used to know them as a child, you know, but instead, Bobby's just cruel to him, even the, cruel even if he is honest, yeah. you know, but he's not exactly, you know, gentle with the no. way he communicates that And it's that getting, Kurt... incre- it starts off kind of trolly and gets really increasingly mean as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. So now Kurt's driving around watching Jesse's videos, and much like someone who is jealous of another person, he's just tearing her apart for no reason, right? He's trying to find any reason to criticize Jesse's social media skill, you know, whatever. There's one where he's like, landscape? Really? Or portrait? <laughs> portrait? Really? You're going to do... And then, you know, there's another video where it's the other way, and he's like, there's no consistency. What do you, mm-hmm. How do you expect people to be able to follow you if you're not consistent? You know, and then she's doing a video with her grandma, and he's like, hardly relatable. My grandma's dead. Yes. You know, <laughs> he's just finding any little nitpicky thing to criticize her post about, and, and it's because he's jealous, you know? Yeah. He's just trying to find reasons why he doesn't need to be jealous of her, and it's just picking it apart. And he's also keeps referring to, like, you know, th- that's the number one rule. You don't do that. And it's clearly the information he has is from tutorials and other videos that he's seen. He's watched all of those videos of how to do it, right? Yeah. And he doesn't understand the it factor. Right. That's the missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to he has studied up so much on the technical side of doing this and has not figured out that it's about content. Right. You know? 
and and yeah, there are tactics to being successful at social media and getting reaching a larger audience and things like that. But if you don't have the content, it doesn't matter. And he right. seems to be missing that mm-hmm. that realization entirely. Yeah. What happens next is I thought actually a really well orchestrated scene where we see Jesse's in her house getting ready for her show that night, and Kurt is driving anyway just the way it ends up where we see from the car camera he's parked his car in front of a house he's up at the front door and knocks at the same time jesse hears a knock and she's just like who the fuck is that you know and she's like grandma you expecting anyone and all this and she opens her door at the same time the door opens for kurt and so the juxtaposition makes it seem like he stalked her to her house Mm -hmm. but in reality he's gone to bobby's house to confront him and can't think of what the guy's miles mm-hmm. has has by stalking jesse's social media found out that she was at her grandma's getting ready for a show and he's shown up to give her a ride oh my god i love again kyle mooney SNL I know. star who i love he's perfect in this role too he's perfect. oh my gosh yeah but i liked the way that scene was put together you know where we're expecting like oh my god kurt just straight up stalked her to her house and really it's two separate storylines but kurt has gone to bobby's house to confront him about all this and this was this part honestly was a little bit heartbreaking where he's live streaming Bobby and Bobby starts his own live stream and he does his stupid YouTube personality, the what's up base campers thing, yeah. you know, and he starts just being so cruel to Kurt yeah. and you know, Kurt has, he, he's very much like, no man, no, he's talking to his live streamer. He's like, no, Bobby and I are, are collaborators. And Bobby's like, no, I would never be in something like that. And Bobby's just, being just such a little asshole yeah and you can the reason why this is heartbreaking is because the look on kurt's face he looks genuinely hurt and genuinely sad that you know this person is this person that he considered to be a friend someone that he's known forever someone that he also sees as being his way into being a a successful live streamer youtuber influencer whatever is finally undeniably hating him Mm-hmm. You know, and you see him starting to get genuinely sad and yeah. genuinely hurt. And it's really, really sad. And then he, you know, Kurt's like, well, I just came over here to tell you that I figured out the last two steps of the lesson. And Bobby's like, oh, OK, whatever. Share it and get out of here. You know, and Kurt's like, the first lesson is that it's I think it's he said something about how he's going to go to Jesse's show or something uh-huh. like that so that he can try to connect with her and get that kind of connection going. And the second one is apparently killing Bobby base camp. <laughs> Yes, this is brutal. Uh huh. Up until this point, every it, it's been pretty hands off the way that he's killed people. You know, he poisoned them, or he ran over them with a car, or he let the dogs attack him. Although, no, actually, there was the drill, so that's yeah. not necessarily true. But there's something very intimate about just stabbing his friend, and then that shootout is so intense. Yeah, yeah, and then the everything. I mean, so like we were saying, the first act genuinely funny and then this actor starts slipping into the real crazy but it's this moment where we're like holy shit kurt is not at all okay yeah up until this point you're kind of thinking well you know he's not a sociopath though for sure but then you see this and you're like yeah yeah he might be a sociopath Mm -hmm. because he kills bobby and immediately takes over bobby's live stream he connects it to his own yeah so that now he's live streaming bobby's live stream and his own he's in the shower just so thrilled with the fact that he just murdered bobby and you know he's still talking to his viewers 
you know, he's still talking about how excited he is and how great that felt. And he's going around giving a tour of Bobby's house and, you know, looking at all the stuff that he's clearly been jealous of, all the swag and everything. Yeah. And he decides he's spent an, an enormous amount of money in order to get a ticket to Jesse's show. And he's going to go because he wants to connect with her and he wants to, you know, hopefully use her for his own success. And he wants to start hanging out with someone that, you know, is also, you know, successful, uh, a successful influencer and everything. But meanwhile, we've gotten a couple of calls from his dad, David Arquette, who yes. is just, just such dirtbag i don't know if that's the word i'm looking for the dude is definitely a slacker you know well like, i mean we see definitely... he has a pretty intense drug habit you know yeah yeah yep so kurt is gonna go to jesse's show and then he gets a call from his dad who says that he's opening for someone named dj uno mm -hmm. and kurt's just like i don't even know who that is why would i give you a ride to your show i gotta go to jesse's show you know and all this but then he starts getting People from Bobby's live stream who are like, no, we know DJ Uno. She's all you got to go. You got to go. She's awesome. And so Kurt changes his plan, decides to give his dad a ride to his show so he can meet DJ Uno. Mm -hmm. When we see Kurt picking up his dad, he's wearing all of Bobby's awkward swag. And he's got Ooh. the vape pen. You know, he's got the, you know how for some reason fanny packs are now fashionable again, but only if you wear them slung across your torso and not around your waist. It's very weird. It's strange. It's strange, but, you know, he's got one of those, he's got this ugly, hideous bucket head, and, you know, he's basically trying to absorb Bobby's personality in order to have his yeah. success. But he picks up his dad, his dad's trying to give him lectures about plastic bottles, and he's like, yeah, people on, on, my, on my boards are talking about the BP, you know, and all this, and you can tell they have a very strained relationship, and Kurt's just kind of irritated with his dad, and mm -hmm. his dad just kind of wants to be buddies, basically. He doesn't really want to be a dad, he wants to be friends. At some point, his dad's sort of rifling around the car and finds the gun, finds Bobby's gun that Kurt right. now has. Mm -hmm. And he's very like, why do you have this? You know how I feel about this, you know? And <laughs> Kurt's just like, what? It's for protection. Whatever. There's a moment where a cop, I mean, Kurt's car is fully lit up. Kurt is waving a gun around right. behind the driver's seat. And the cop is just like, well, I got somewhere else to be. You know? <laughs> like, right. Like I said, not a great movie for cops. <laughs> yeah, not a great movie for cops. No. So Kurt drives his dad to the club for his show, which turns out to be a mostly empty strip club. Yeah. His dad is briefly live streaming, too. This is just the one scene where he's got, you know, what everybody's talking to the camera. And Kurt walks into the scene and he's just like, dude, this is a strip club. This sucks. And his dad's like, I know, they don't even have poles. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurt this is also where we start to get, for the first time, footage that has not been produced by him. Right? I mean, other than Bobby's videos. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're getting footage from the club, remember? Oh, yeah, the security camera Which just made me go like, hmm, what's this about? And I was wondering if it was just they wanted to get it in and they hope people wouldn't notice, but it does pay off later. Yeah. So Kurt meets DJ Uno, who is this Korean DJ, and she's currently on our social media, you know, talk, and he's just so, and he's very much like, hey, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. Follow, follow, you know, and she's just kind of like, no, I can't do that you know and kurt's trying to get her on his live stream and she's just she's also just very much in it for the numbers and things like that but she does not want to associate herself with someone who's not really good at this right you know? right so she's kurt's 
upset right because he's like oh i gave up jesse's show to come here and now she's not even gonna follow me and the whole thing where he's like yeah follow me it's crooks world 97 and he's like spelling it for her and she's like pretending to type it and then <laughs> for the rest of the conversation he's just gonna like hey yeah you know i still haven't gotten that friend request you know that uh yeah so by the way that friend request still hasn't come through uh God, i don't i I, oh, I know it's hard I it's know. it's hard to watch it's it's, it's yeah yeah, because clearly she's not going to do it, dude. You know, and Bobby's live stream viewers are just like, dude, you got got. Yeah. She's not going to follow you, you know. So Kurt goes to leave when DJ Uno gets into his car with him. And he's kind of, you know, he's upset because she said she'd follow him and then didn't. And that happened on his live stream in front of people. And Yeah, he he's so missing... desperate for these people's. He wants them to follow them. He wants to feel like he matters to them. And what he ends up getting is just a bunch of people making fun of him. The thing he wants, the thing that he thinks is going to make him feel validated, ends up making him feel even worse because they're just insulting him. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. I know. I know. So she gets into his car and like I said, her whole life is just the numbers and being successful except for working for her. But he wants to get a Jesse so- show, so she gets in the car and says, take me to L.A. taco truck. And he's like, there are a lot of taco truck. Which one? And she's just like, L.A. taco truck. And he's like, just, you know, and so he t- she promises to follow him if he takes her to a taco truck. And, you know, they get there and she's just like, just get the most famous thing. And he's like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean the most famous thing? And she's like, just get the most famous thing. And, you know, you know that she's all she wants are pictures in front of a taco truck and then pictures with the most famous food for likes and people looking at her pictures on Instagram and being like, oh, my God, she went to the most famous taco truck. You know, when really he just took her to a taco truck. Yeah, because this is a satire. This is another really great making fun of social media influencers. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But she also doesn't want to stand in line. So she stays in the car to take pictures of herself while he's in line live streaming still and talking to the girl in front of him and talking about, oh, what should I get? You know, and ordering a total creep. Yeah. 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 And seeming not to realize it. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So meanwhile, DJ Uno's in his car taking pictures. She opens the glove compartment and finds the gun and starts taking pictures with the gun oh in super unsafe positions. Oh and then God. she drinks... And then she drinks the water and seemingly dies. Yeah, this is a great little twisty twist here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kurt gets the food, he gets back in the car, she's passed out, and he grabs her phone, which is still live streaming, and starts just frantically eating fries. He'd be like, ha ha, no, it's fine, it's totally fine, guys, it's all right, the Kurt here, ha ha because he's just killing right. a famous live streamer live <laughs> on her live stream, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So he's, I th- you know, he's just trying to figure out what he's going to do. And there are cops at the at the taco truck and they see him and he's attracting attention. So they go over to talk to him and he starts saying like, oh, yeah, no, my girl's just drunk and she's passed out. I'm just trying to get some food in her. But, you know, I'm not I've not been drinking. You know, I just I'm going to take her home and all this. And the cops are like, why don't you get out of the car? And so he stumbles getting out of the car. And they're just like, oh, not a not a good sign. <laughs> so they're kind of just. And in the third round of. This movie isn't great for cops. No, no, no. One of the cops, oh, God, he was looking in the window at DJ Uno, and he's just like, hey, your girlfriend's hot. And I was like, oh, God, that's so fucking creepy. I know. So fucking creepy. But they're questioning Kurt about what's going on when DJ Uno wakes up. She sure does. She wakes up, super alarmed, shoots a cop through the head. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it's just so insane. It comes out of nowhere, and she just wakes up and just immediately shoots blows a gun. Blows this cop's head. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what is happening? This game movie is insane. And I love that it was followed by her getting out of the car and just booking it. Right? right? She's just running and screaming. And the other cop takes off after her. Kurt's just standing there with his art, his hands in the air, watching all of this happen. And then you get that moment where he's still just standing there. Everybody else has fled. And we get the security camera footage of him standing there. And he just goes, oh, thank God. I know! <laughs> He just fucking bounces. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So at this point, you know, somehow the fact that he's been murdering people has made it to the police, right? So yes. people have, you know, they figured out that he's been murdering people. So now we start that car chase where he's just thrilled. He's psyched. He's stuffing his face with a Sada prize and he's driving and he's still live streaming and he seems excited. He seems just uh, maybe it's an adrenaline rush. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's finally fully snapped. I mean, he's still talking to his live stream viewers. It's insane, you know? And yeah. then he kind of, in order to lose the cops, pulls off of the freeway and just starts barreling through a homeless camp. This is the point where he turns for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, the people he's been kind of going after are media influencers and jerks and white supremacists and... Obviously, in real life, none of this would be acceptable, except for maybe that first guy. Fuck that guy. But in the logic of this world, you're just kind of like, these people have it coming a little bit, you know? Where it's just like a little bit of a revenge fantasy for people who can't behave. This is where you're like, oh, no. These people are just living in their tents. Trying, trying their best. Just to survive. Yeah. And they're asleep. You know, they're in their tents just sleeping in what they consider to be a safe spot to sleep. And he's just barreling through talking about, oh, if I ran over these people right now, no one would even know and no one would care. No one would even wonder what happened, you know, and it's and and this is where you really hear his life philosophy. He's like, these people have no social media presence, which is, again, great satire. But also it's now it's lost that kind of Ferris Bueller sheen. Yeah. And you're like, oh no. Now it has more of an American psycho. Yes! I was going to be like, but now we're getting into Bateman territory. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So he ends up actually plowing through tents and he screams, I feel invincible just as he flips his car. Oh my. Have I ever told you about the time that I was in a truck and I flipped? Yeah. And there's a video of it. And right before the truck flips, this girl, Renata, was like, I feel invincible! And then the truck... Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. We were not invincible. No, no. Turns out, twist, not invincible. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, I feel invincible! And the powers that be were like, oh, you think so? Oh, that's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So, meanwhile, Jesse starts her show. And, you know, Miles opened for her to just not, not well, he's not well received. Nobody's laughing at his jokes and he's kind of desperately just trying to be funny. And then he introduces Jesse and everybody's psyched. Kurt has somehow made it to her show from the crashed car. I didn't miss it, right? We don't really know how. It's no, no. Oh, just kind of there. Well, he gets in the, I think he gets in an, another rideshare, and he gets in, and the guy's like, don't worry, I'm not the guy that's going around, I'm not the crazy guy going around killing people. And he, and Oh, that's after this. Is that after this? Because, yeah. Oh, I guess it is, because we're, like, worried that she's going to get in the car with him. 
Yeah. Right, 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 right. So he's watching her show, and he's got the gun still. And then she starts talking about her rideshare experience earlier that day and about how she was super creeped out by the dude, but she was more so bothered by the driver. So she starts talking about how desperate he was and all this. And and then it kind of takes more of a thoughtful turn where she's like, and that's when I realized that used to be me. You know, and she talks about how she recognized herself in him uh-huh. in being that desperate for success and being that desperate for the attention and being that desperate for the following. And then when she got it, now she's nothing but creeped out when people recognize her mm-hmm. and want to talk to her and things. And I thought this was going to be the moment where Kurt was like, oh, that's like me. Maybe that's not what I want. But instead, he starts kind of aiming the gun at her. Right. <laughs> you know, And so she swears off social media, spikes her phone. And that's when Kurt bolts. Mm-hmm. So she does really well at her show. Miles takes her out for drinks. She gets, they both get pretty drunk. Kurt, meanwhile, hijacks. This is where Kurt gets into the car with the, with the other rideshare driver. Who's like, don't worry, I'm not the guy, you know. And he's got a night vision camera for his protection. And then Kurt pulls out of his bag. He's like, hey, I got a camera too. I don't know why that moment was so creepy. It was but, really like, creepy. I mean, part of it is really you're like, creepy. oh, God, is he pulling out the gun? But Ugh. he should only be so lucky. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt hijacks this guy's car. Jesse gets drunk with Miles, and she's like, oh, yeah, we call us a car. And Miles is like, what? Oh, my God, my place or yours? And she's like, let's go to my place. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then when the car shows up, <laughs> she just gets in without him. She is my girl. I love her <laughs> so much in this. Yep. So she gets in the car, and then that's when we find out that Kurt has hijacked this car. It's a different rideshare app because the cops shut down Spree yeah. in connection to Kurt being a murderer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes yep. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That tracks. So Kurt's driving her around. She's pretty drunk in the backseat, and then he is... And he's just like, no, remember me? Yeah, you called me Curtis, you know? Or no, she's like, Curtis? And he goes, keep, keep trying. She goes, Curtis. And he's like, Kurt, just Kurt. Kurt's world, 97. <laughs> and he's got his camera set up in the dude's car. And Kurt starts talking about like, oh, you don't remember me from earlier, you know? And Jesse's getting more and more creeped out. Right. Realizes that. They're not going to her house, you know? And he's like, no, we're going to go to my house. She's like, this is not the way my house. She's like, I'm taking you home. Oh, no, to my house. And you're like, oh. And you see it dawning on her face. And as a woman, (laughs) oh, like I really felt for her in that moment. You know, she communicates that constant fear that we have. Like, oh, God, it's finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she asked for a phone charger, and he's like, that's not going to work. And she's like, what do you mean? He goes, I watched you. I watched your show. I watched you break your phone. I know that's not going to work. And she's just like, fuck. Right. And probably mentally going like, oh, no. Yeah. So in a move that I would have saved until we got to the second location and he had parked the car, while he's driving, Jesse tries to strangle Kurt with the car charger, which just causes him to swerve around and eventually he just punches her the fuck out yeah i mean and this is where he loses me forever is in this moment you're like oh can't come back no there's no coming back back from this so he gets to his house and he drags her out of the car he's done a pull of fuck mary kill this too i was like this fucking terrifying Mm -hmm. because it's not just him it's also all the people who are watching and you can yeah. watch the kill go. Brrr. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. As funny as this movie started out, it ends dark. It really does. But I appreciate that, especially when we get to the end, end, end. Yeah. So he's dragged out of the car. We can see her from the camera mounted on the on the dashboard. Kill has won the poll. So Kurt gets back into his car and he's going to run her over. And I liked the way this was framed because it happened exactly the way it happens in horror movies, but somehow it still was effective. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at the front at Jesse in the, in the yard or whatever the field. And then he starts to drive forward and the camera falls off of the, the dashboard into his lap and we see him. And he's like, ah, fuck. So he puts it back in the dashboard. We see Jesse in the field. He starts to drive again. The camera falls off the dashboard into his lap. And he's like, God, damn, you know, because he it's not secured like it was in his car because this is someone else's car. Right. Right. Puts it up on the dashboard again and she's gone. Yep. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. So Kurt gets out of the car. You never get out of the car. And Jesse gets into the car. Good for and her. Chases Kurt with the car, eventually crashing into Kurt's house while trying to run him over. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the house. So, and this is where Kurt just starts getting real, real psychopath. Yeah. Because he's kind get Jesse gets out of the car and he's kind of just wandering around. Because Kurt's, this is where I got a little lost over the relationship between Kurt's parents. Because Kurt says his parents were, you know, they got divorced and, you know, when his dad is saying, well, how would you feel if I charged you for every meal I made you? And he and Kurt's like, well, it was like one hamburger before you split. You know, it's not even like he was lying about them being, you know. But Chris is in the house for some reason, yeah. which is where Kurt lives with his mom. And that's when we find Kurt's mom's body. Yeah. And we get the flashback to that earlier scene where he murdered his mom when he was still in that, what's up, guys? You know, welcome to Kurt's World 97. And at this point he's fully snapped right he's fully dark but in the beginning he was still like all right guys here's a tip that Mm -hmm. kind of personality even though he'd fully murdered his mom so after the fact i read if you pay attention at the point where he's killed the white supremacist the realtor lady the three people in the car and one other person trying to think of the other person it was when he goes to bobby's house he's like i've killed seven or done seven but he'd actually only killed six it's because oh. he's counting his mom. His mom. We just don't oh. know about it yet. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that detail. That's interesting. So Jesse's out of the car. Kurt's wandering around like a goddamn psychopath. Shoots his dad. Jesse tries to back the car out of the house, but it won't go. So instead, she drives it forward and crushes Kurt between the car and the wall. Mm-hmm. And then... She can, you know, I don't understand the live streaming stuff and don't really watch it, but there's something where, you know, you can get it to say in an automated voice, whatever you type. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you should show us, you should take a selfie with Kurt. Oh my God. No, he's dead. <laughs> so she does. He wakes up and she beats him to death with his own phone. And so movie ends with, I mean, Earlier that evening, Jesse had sworn cold turkey she was not doing social media anymore because she didn't like the way it made her feel. She didn't like the things she did to become successful and then how she didn't exactly enjoy that success. And immediately after this becomes this nationwide star for for having defeated this rideshare murderer. Yes. Right? And now she's everywhere media (laughs) yeah i love the selfie scene too i mean it's so dark um and it goes back to that parody place but also the sheer zameda is so funny in it they suggest it and she see her thinking about it and she's like 
All right. <laughs> I know. And I even love when she's kind of angling it and she's leaning down. She's still like, this is weird. And then she just is like, Ding. and here's a smile. <laughs> like, it's just so good. This is actually yeah. a very solid parody, but I like that it also goes dark. Yeah. Real dark. Real dark. Real, real dark. And, you know, seeing it, Steve, who's, you know, kind of America's boyfriend after season two of of Stranger Things, go to both of these places is really, I mean, it's good, right? Because we get to see that he's not just charming. He's also a really good actor and he gets to really stretch in this role in a way that I'm just, yeah, he's really well cast. Really, really well cast. So there's one final beat. Sorry, I I cut you off. Did I miss it? Well, we find out the origin of this thing we're watching. Oh, I think I missed that. Oh, so this is one of my favorite things about this movie because it kind of grounds this movie in reality in a way that you're like, oh, fuck. So we see her side of it where she be- she kind of blows up and becomes this amazing survivor and star and there's New Yorker articles about her and, you know, all these magazine spreads. But then you see what happens with Kurt and it starts off on Reddit. And then you see it move to 4chan and you see all the people oh, talking about it. And he becomes right. like an incel That's right. killer. He becomes, I forgot about he that. becomes one of their murders, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you realize the thing that you've been watching and the reason there are a couple of moments where you get this additional footage from things that Kurt would not have access to is that this movie is the movie created by one of those 4chan that's right. Oh, I was just like, oh. holy shit. Way to ground this in some real shit. Yeah. And if you're going to do like a political kind of satire, to be able to bring it home in that very real world way really just lands the movie for me. Yeah. 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 Ugh. So upsetting. Yeah. So good. So upsetting. Yeah. I mean, this is a solid movie. Mars. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> this movie, I had a, I had seen when it came out. I was interested because it had Joe Curry in it. And then the reviews were split to bad. Really? So I just didn't watch it last year. And yeah. I'm kind of bummed because I think it would have made my top ten. I loved it's, this movie. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. funny. It's fucked up. It's dark. It actually is pretty smart. Yeah, it doesn't feel like, hello, fellow young people, which (laughs) absolutely can, especially considering the director wrote every single bit of on-screen dialogue. All of those comments, he wrote all of them. He he said he did 40 overnighters where he just sat and composed comments. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Structurally, I think the pacing is really good. I think the cutting back and forth between the different influencer channels is really well paced or you don't feel like well wait i i, I want to go back or it's too much time with bobby or you know yeah. i don't know it's just it's such a delicate balance finding out how to cut between those different people's social you know the, and it's just looking at stories mm-hmm. you know instagram stories or whatever even just the, the pacing of the plot and how we start out mm-hmm. hilarious and then end so real right you know oh yes this <sighs> this i loved it i thought it was great yeah. i didn't really know what to expect when i put it on and i was laughing right away and i was like this is kind of great and then by the end i was like what the fuck are people talking about this is so <laughs> good <laughs> right what do you want this is great right. i 
really liked this movie way more Good. than I expected to. Way more. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, this was this is a hidden gem. You found another hidden gem. You nailed it. Yeah. In my opinion, I like it. I think it's great. I think people should watch it. <laughs> I I agree. Agreed. And I'm ready to see Joe Query do all the things. Yeah, because, I mean, Stranger Things, we saw him being the douchebag popular guy. Yeah. We saw him being the hilarious stepmom to a bunch of teenagers. Yes. But in this movie, like I said, that scene where Bobby is live streaming being cruel to Kurt. Yes. And you're seeing Kurt, his actual heartbreaking is, it It felt real. It felt really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, you really felt like you were watching a person being crushed, you know? And the fact that he can do the emotional stuff at the same time. And even throughout when he's, you know, towards the end, you kind of see that battle where he's trying to maintain that Kurt's world personality, but he's really upset with the way things are going with Bobby. And then, you know, and then he gets that adrenaline rush after he murders him and he's like, oh, now I get his stream, you know, and he's back to being Kurt's world. Yeah. But then he's listening to Jesse talk about how sad and desperate he was, mm-hmm. you know, and then you see him getting crushed again, you know? Yes. And it just... Just watching this emotional roller coaster that he goes through was so believable. Yes. And like like you're saying, being able to watch Joe Keery stretch his acting abilities that way and be like, oh, he's not just cute and hilarious. No. This dude can act. There's a couple of scenes where I think the one that I that really stood out to me, we talked about it a little bit, is the one where he is looking at her live stream and uh, or at her social media and how many followers she has and how many people are watching her. And at first he's picking it apart. And then he gets to a place where he's like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. I deserve this. And it ties yeah. in so perfectly to this ending, right? When the guy in the car calls him like, oh, you're an incel. You're just like, okay, you're just a douchebag saying these things. But like, in the end, he becomes one of their heroes. Yeah. Which was interesting. And <sighs> and that scene where he you can see him just being like, I'm entitled to this. I it's not fair. I deserve this. That yeah. anger is something that is very much a part of the culture in those parts of the internet. Yeah. And I thought it was really smart and really subtle the way that they inserted that into this narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Because it's presented to you, like I said, as Ferris Bueller's Day Off at first, but dark version. And then by the end, you're like, oh, no, he's saying some real world things with this movie. Yeah. But at the end, you're still laughing, right? You're still kind of cheering on now Zashir Zameda mm-hmm. because she's such a, you know, she's so likable and she is your survivor girl in this. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. It's so oh, good. I'm so glad. Thumbs up. Yeah, you nailed it with this one. This one was a lot of fun. And it was fun to watch. I got to watch it with my partner, and he was having a great time, too. It was a fun one to watch with a friend. Like, if you have the opportunity to watch this in a group, this is a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Because it's really funny, and when the violence happens, you're just like, what? It comes out of nowhere. It's very shocking in a very fun way. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you liked oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I loved it. I I really had a good time with this one. I did, too. I've been I, watching I a lot really of very serious, arty, slow-paced, psychological horror films, which I love. But every once in a while, you just kind of want that sugar high. And this mm-hmm. thing was an unexpected treat for me. It does have that lighthearted, dark comedy, yeah. horror comedy kind of feel to it, but it still gives you true horror mm-hmm. at, at the end. So it's not like, you know, because sometimes you watch like Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah. Fun to watch. 
not scary, no. not truly chilling in any way, mm-hmm. but it's fun, you know, but this one gives both. Yeah. It gives that truly fun, dark horror comedy while also at the end delivering true horror. Yes. You know? I mean, it is really upsetting at the end when you see yeah. him kill his, he's killed his mother and he kills his father. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, I think it's pretty clear. My final review is yes, absolutely watch it. Oh yeah. You know, sometimes we do it with uh, some sort of like, well, I mean, if you're into, or if mm-hmm. I knew someone who liked mm-hmm. this one, just across the board, I would recommend it yeah. to everyone. This one's a crowd pleaser. I'm yeah. not, yeah. I genuinely don't know. I, I'm kind of, part of me is kind of curious to go read reviews and see what the issues are with it. But part of me is also just like, eh, I'm just going to like the thing I like. Right. Don't, don't ask the questions you don't want the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely mystified. What, what's the problem? Right. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't know what the problem is. It's very much, it is what it is. Honestly, surface level, just when you see it on Hulu in the description, really the only draw is Joe Keery, right? right? Because it's been on my list for a while and I just hadn't watched it because I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if Joe Keery is enough to sit through a whole movie that doesn't sound like it's going to be anything great or anything super unique. I don't care about social media influencers. I don't even care about satire about social media influencers because I don't know that they have, I didn't think they had much more to say. Yeah. But this one went in places that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And I was surprised how much it had to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so unassuming. You know, just the way it's presented as a thumbnail and a two, two three sentence description. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to this movie. All right. Cool. So if you were going to watch this movie again, what would you drink with it? Ah, that's tricky. Okay, I'm not only because this came to mind only because I think it's the closest thing. Okay, when I hear the word spree, I think of that candy. You remember spree? No, it was like spree candy. I'm googling. They're not great, but they're not the worst. No, yeah, I would never buy these. (laughs) I can see why I never. They're like weird fruity discs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. okay. But that's what I think of when I hear the word spree. And so the first thing that I think of when I hear spree and then what would I drink, it would definitely be one of those spiked seltzers, but with a shot of vodka in it. Okay. I thought you were going to say one of those sprees dropped in it to sweeten it up. <laughs> no, no, no. Something fruity and light and bubbly, but has secret amounts of alcohol hidden in it. <laughs> Where all of a sudden you're three deep and you're like, what? How did we get here? I I was just drinking fruit, and now now I now I don't have no more pants. Now I have no pants and lots of feelings. (laughs) Oh yes, excellent, perfect. That works great. Okay, so listener feedback. We got an email from our good buddy and patron Eddie. Ah, Eddie. He's the best. He was, uh, you heard him previously. He was on our Cooties episode. (laughs) And so he is writing in about our Anna and the Apocalypse episode. Oh. Yeah. All right. So from Eddie. Greetings, my favorite stream queens. Aw. I'm very excited to be writing about one of my new favorite Christmas movies, Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. It's Aww. I'm glad we were able to turn him on to a new movie that he loves. Yeah. Hopefully he'll love Spree. <laughs> yeah. 
I love the warm-up question about what films in the horror genre you would like to make into a musical. I don't think I can top Mars on that, but every minute of that chatter was fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) I think we run with the hills have eyes, but please, no sound of music song replacing the lyrics. Mm, (laughs) You can't make any promises. You can't have the good and the bad. If you want us to do hills have eyes, (laughs) you're going to have to let us have the creative freedom to sound of music it up all right now i am not a musicals person besides rocky horror but when i found this film i was impressed although at times it takes itself seriously it also was really fun and easy to watch rachel i think you really hit it on the head when you said they captured your attention when you start seeing the gore shots and realize that although <laughs> this is a musical it's also 100 percent a horror film yeah absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. i stand by the movie really takes a turn when a baby gets eaten Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that is it's same that's the moment where it's like okay we have zombies and you see them eat a baby and you're like oh we got zombies (laughs) (laughs) today i was looking for pictures from that movie tree binge have you ever seen that it's a short film and you're gonna need to watch it at christmas but it's about christmas trees who are tired of being cut down and taken away from their families and turned into christmas trees oh my god getting their revenge and there's this oh gif gosh. where a tree jumps on top of a baby's head and splatters it everywhere. Oh. <laughs> and I almost put that in the chat. And I was like, that's a lot to just throw <laughs> into the chat. So I went with one where a tree is beating a woman's face with its branches. Oh. You really need to see a tree. We'll make it happen this year. Okay. So he said, Rachel, you also talked about that point in a zombie film where things are changing fast, but the characters are not cued into them, just the audience. I love this point in these films. Yeah, me too, dude. In fact, I have an idea for an anthology. And then he put, fan fiction starts. (laughs) (laughs) I will call it Escape Routes. And it is a collection of stories from the director's favorite cities where they imagine that the characters are in the city when the zombie apocalypse breaks out. Each story is characters realizing their plight, then figuring out and executing an escape plan for the city. Some successfully, but hopefully all surprisingly. I have been working from home for the last couple of years, so I have to base my story in the past. So I used to work at this four-story building in Kendall Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This is right along the Charles River with Boston on the other side of the bridges. The building is a four-story office building, but it is a secure building, meaning in order to access the stairs or elevator, you have to swipe a badge. So in my story, the zombies eventually accidentally get on the elevator, but it can't change floors without a badge. Note that I am also going slow zombies in my story. I mean, that's my preference as well, because I don't really want to run that much. Okay. Yeah, not a fan of cardio. <laughs> right. After a year of quarantine, I ain't running nowhere. Yes. <laughs> I'm going with slow zombies in my story. You can have fast ones if you want, but I am a traditionalist on this. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Unfortunately, someone on the one of the floors calls the elevator, and when it opens, we start our, our fight for our lives and a realization that the world is suddenly going to shit. Again? So, <laughs> <laughs> so the characters deal with the zombie, argue about the benefits of staying in the secure enough building, or trying to get home to their families. My character chooses to leave, not wanting to be that dude from Dawn of the Dead who runs out of food and water in his secure building. Now, so you uh. have not seen this yet. We at some point we are going to cover Dawn of the Dead because I it's one in my opinion one of the best zombie movies and it's very funny. Okay. So here is my escape route. I am jammed in a really busy part of the city 
and took the train into work. So taking the train is obviously out. You could try to get in someone's car, but this area is one of the more congested traffic areas. So chances are the roads won't be passable long and you might at some point have to leave the car. Besides, who makes the third act of this film characters trapped in the back of the car? Oh, <laughs> do you know what he's referring to? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if that was in the extended episode, but maybe. I don't either, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> Inside, my character realizes that the duck boats that Taurus duck boats. What are duck boats? They're like a Boston touristy thing. It's the what? It's the land and sea, oh, isn't it? Oh, I'm googling. I'm looking. This looks like something that the A team would drive around in. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I want to go on a duck boat. Yeah. That looks fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Instead, my character realizes that the duck boats that tourists see in the city are at the Museum of Science, a mile from the office building. Adventures ensue and people are lost as my group runs into the unexpected obstacles in that mile trek. Once there, we take a duck boat and enter the Charles River, being pursued by the hordes. The survivors start up the river out of the city uh, and they realize that zombies hear the boat and start following, falling off the bridges, trying to get to the sound. <gasps> oh, this is great. This is oh. so cinematic. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. There are like four bridges for the group to pass under before they're out of downtown. And we would have some more fighting for our lives as the zombies rain down some landing in the duck boat. We eventually oh cleared the last bridge. My short ends there. Oh, and for today... It's a musical. <laughs> so when debating about leaving the building, I do, should I stay or should I go as my musical yes. number? Yes. Yes. And when we go under the bridge, my characters sing, it's raining men. Oh my God. <laughs> While fighting for their lives. Fan fiction ends. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. So Eddie asks, do either of you have a zombie apocalypse escape route that you think about? As always, I really love the show, and this one was so entertaining, so thank you for it. Peace, Eddie. Oh, I'm so glad he liked it. I, I know, isn't that fun? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it inspired so much creativity. Yeah. <laughs> so a here's the thing, is I definitely have thought about zombie escape plans not in a long time but none of them were this elaborate so we'll just say yeah. that from the job we will underwhelm you probably although I, i'm speaking for you but you probably do have some something up your sleeve what do you think oh mine's whole up for sure yeah i'm not I, my zombie escape plan is less of an escape plan and more of a blend into the background plan right you're gonna try to rub the zombie parts on you and see if you can move through the crowd move yeah, well, and mostly because of where I live. Mm -hmm. Escaping where I live would mean going to more populated areas. So I'm safer on the outskirts. Except you know? if this is a return of the living dead situation. Oh, well, then there's no escaping. I live in a cemetery. Right. I'm done. Like, That's the it. Minute End of story. It rains, it's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're going to have, you're going to be the zombie epicenter. And this is Oregon. It's going to rain. <laughs> You'll be like, where's that global warming when we need it? <laughs> I know. Warm faster. Uh, I know. So, I mean, so you, that would be your plan just to hold up. But what about supplies, things like that? What is your plan? Oh, oh yeah. No, we have emergency supplies in the rafters. Yeah, I forget who I'm talking to. 
Mm-hmm. Like you and your family are probably. I my plan should be to try to get to you. You forget who you talk to, and you forget where I came from. Yeah. Like I didn't become this on my own. Right, right, I am right. not the product of nature. Yeah, of course you're a survivalist. And then I went, I kept going up generations, and I was like, Yeah, mm, you guys are good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I know we always talk a lot about when we're gonna have our bunker, and we joke. I'm not totally joking. <laughs> I would actually like to have that bunker. Yeah, right? Because it'll be good for global warming. Once the water riots begin and stuff like that, it'll be good mm-hmm. for a zombie apocalypse. Any sort of societal breakdown. That's the thing is I, you know, personally, the bunker is for the zombies. But what I tell most people is the societal breakdown that is inevitable. But I'm like, but also kind of zombies. You never know. I mean, we, you know? we both read that book, The Road, right? Yeah. That, that's a fucked up book. But there's one reprieve in that whole book. And that is when they accidentally find that bunker. Yeah. I, and I was like, don't leave the bunker. I know. So what do they do? They leave the bunker and they get, there's cannibals. And it's just bad. It's all bad yeah. from there. So that's why I'm saying no matter what, it, if it's a nuclear holocaust, I mean, Although, there, we watched another movie that is contradicts the theories on this. Right. <laughs> but most things could be weighted out for the worst yeah. of things if you have access to a bunker. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's like, yeah, eventually I would have to leave here, right? But my plan is to wait until the zombies thin out and start spreading out right? a little. You know, before I start heading into the more populated. Because, yeah, where I'm at, not not strongly populated, surrounded on many sides by fields and forests. I mean, fields is a nice way of saying cemetery, but more fields beyond the cemetery. <laughs> but the, the I'm also on the outskirts of Portland. Yeah. There are a lot of people in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, not yeah, nearly, yeah. the population density is not as bad as where you are, yeah. unfortunately yeah. for you, mm-hmm. but yep. it's still, you know, stay away from those dense populations. Even where I work, let's say I'm at work right. when I discover, when I realize there's zombies, I still work in a warehouse district next to a slough. And some railroad tracks. Okay, so imagine this is in an eddy situation where this happens and you are in at work in town. More oh, in hold town. up again. Hold up again. Okay, so you're holding up in the office as well. Yeah, because I'm also, my office is designed to keep millions of dollars of freight safe from the outside. Oh, that's a good point. And probably yeah. in an apocalypse, you can start breaking some of that shit open. There's probably some good yeah. stuff in there. And you know what part of what we ship? foodstuffs oh so, you so we have a warehouse need an escape plan your mom needs an escape plan to you yeah our warehouse is full of non-perishables and jugs and jugs and jugs of water oh. and first aid stuff okay so that's it's a actually a great zombie apocalypse tip find out where the shipping center is near you and try to get in before they lock the and doors try to get in before they lock the doors that's that's the tricky part yeah but yeah, that's a that's great. I'm trying to think. I mean, I am in a suburb in the Bay Area, so I'm trying to think where I would be trying to get to. Where is safe that's relatively nearby, and there's not much. I mean, the most you could do is try to get away from the people. Yeah. And I know there was one time when I was coming over to do the podcast when I lived in Hayward, and I was on my way when you were like, hey, I'm so sorry, can we postpone? So I just went driving. Right, And I think if you head, coming from where I used to live, going towards your place, if you go past your place and just keep going, mm-hmm. it's not that long before you're just in the, the woods yep, and the hills. Yep, that's true. You know? that is, maybe that's the, I mean, eventually, if you keep going, you end up in Oakland. 
So right. But so I'm trying to think about but, like, is there a backroads way where I could bypass a lot of things and get out towards the mountains? Yeah, because I mean, you do have forested area not that far from you, but it's yeah. not that big, and it would, I think, quickly fill with people who have the same or similar ideas. Yeah. Plus, if you're walking, that's quite the uphill walk. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh god, that'd be brutal. Yeah, that's not. A quick jaunt. I'm trying to think of where there are places that are not densely populated. I mean, maybe if I could get out to Tracy, yeah, I would be in bad shape. I think my best bet, I might have to try to hole up in my attic. Yeah, that's the thing. As <laughs> as boring as that is compared to Eddie's, given our situations, I mean, at least hole up for a time. Yeah, you wait. You wait for the the disaster to disperse a bit. I think maybe I might try to go back to my landlords. My landlords live in a house on land behind my house. Mm. And they also teach gun safety at the local gun range. So they're armed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's where you go. (laughs) And they also have some space around them. I mean, they have a lot of birds, which are loud, which I worry would draw zombies. But I would not be surprised if they have a secret bunker back there. They have... Oh, yeah bunker energy (laughs) so maybe i would try to get back there Hmm. i think yeah that might be my move to try to yeah i think you are into my landlord's house yeah i think you identify your nearest possible bunker right take your chances on that a hundred percent yeah in the past i was like oh well i try to go to the local gun shop but i think you just get shot if you try to do that yeah so you gotta go to a friendly face who has the equivalent of a gun shop which in my case is really large. The major fly in the getting an escape plan or the escape plan, the zombie apocalypse escape plan for me, and I've tried to remedy this, but she will have none of it, is I need a cat carrier that's a backpack. You know? Yeah. Oh, Hellbeast would riot. Yeah. And here's the thing. If it's a Jansport, as soon as I sit it down, she's inside of that goddamn thing. Right. Loves being carried around in, a, in an actual backpack. But in something that's secure and meant to keep a cat inside, hates it. Won't have anything to do it's with like it. Rats. I know. And I'm like, this is essentially the same thing, except for it's got air holes. Right. And you don't want it? No. <laughs> no. Contrarians. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there you go, Eddie. I don't know if that really answers your question, but that is the plan. I would try to get to my landlord, and Mars is fucking sad. She's fine. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. I'm either in the house surrounded by a cemetery, or I'm in a warehouse that's full of non-perishables. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That was a great email. If, like Eddie, you want to get in touch, there are lots of ways to do it, and we would love to hear from you. You can email us at rachelzombiegirls.com, or you can come and hit us up on our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at ZG Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at ZG Podcast, plural. And if you are looking for something fun to watch tonight, check out our video on demand calendar. We have all the horror and horror adjacent things that are on video on demand and streaming on an easy to use calendar so you can find something to watch tonight. If you are a nerd who likes video games, check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash zombie girls. If you like wearing cool clothes and who doesn't, I mean, even in the zombie apocalypse, you will look amazing in one of our t-shirts from tpublic.com forward slash zombie dash girls dash podcast. And if you love us and you like Eddie, want to support us and you want to hang out with us on our Discord, which honestly you do because our Discord is lit and it's hella funny. (laughs) I, every day when I wake up, I go on the Discord because, you know, we're in different time zones. People are already 
hilarious first thing yep. in the morning. Yep. So if you want to hang out with me and Mars on there, join our Patreon. You also get the extended episode where we've been talking about what we would do in a zombie apocalypse, but we're going to take a quiz and find out if we actually would survive a zombie apocalypse. You're going to want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely support us on Patreon. And I think it's probably the last time we're going to be able to do this, but we got to plug our collaboration with the guys over at Here's Johnny. We are. Oh, it's so bittersweet. It's, I know. I kind of, that's exactly what I said. I was like, on one hand, I'm excited to watch this last movie. And, you know, I've watched a lot of Saw. It's been a lot of Saw. It's been a lot of Saw. But I also have had a really great time and I'm kind of sad. It's like the end of an era a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to be covering Spiral, the the last for now in the Saw series. So definitely head over to Here's Johnny, subscribe, so those things just pop up in your feed. All right. So that just leaves us with our plans for the next episode. This is going to be a hard one to follow. I got to be honest, I'm a little nervous because you you're killing the game here. Yeah, so I, I'm going to ask you for a vibe. Do you want something kind of campy or do you want something kind of creepy? Ooh, I'm going to go creepy. All right, cool. I thought you would. So we're going to be watching the movie Clown. <gasps> you have been trying for so long to get me to watch I this movie know. and I haven't done it, it yet. Because it keeps leaving streaming services. Yeah. It's not your fault. It'll pop up on one and then it's gone. And then it pops like, right. Time it's my turn again, then it's gone. So now it lives on Tubi, which is free. Okay. So you don't have to worry about subscribing or anything like that. Although I think it may have ads, but still, worth it. So we're going to watch yeah. Clown because we just have to. I think this is a movie that I have wanted to watch with you literally from the very beginning <laughs> yeah Here we are, it's been uh, a while 62 episodes in, and we're finally going to watch it although once, <laughs> my luck clown's gonna get taken off to be all right so here is the synopsis when the clown hired to host his son jack's birthday party withdraws kent mccoy a quiet father decides he's going to don the disguise of a clown himself and perform at the party however after the party ends he finds out that removing the clown suit is a lot harder than putting it on. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, I've only seen this once, and I remember it being pretty creepy. So, hopefully, that's still true. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, watch Clown on Tubi, and we'll be back in two weeks. Now, unless, of course, you're a patron, and then you can stick around for the extended episode. But for now, Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back. I really hope you watched Spree and we didn't ruin it for you. I know! <laughs> Get on Tubi, watch some clown, and we'll talk about it in two weeks. But for now, that's all, folks. Bye, everybody. Night. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. <laughs>